Hey everyone, Dave DeBow. Welcome to another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. And let me ask you a skill testing question. How many profit centers are there in a real estate deal? Is there one profit center, two profit centers, three, four? How many? Well, according to my very special guest here today, there are actually seven different ways that we can profit from a really good real estate investment project. My guest is July Ono. I've known July since 2004. My goodness, I can still vividly recall when we met, we were chopping up boards and getting inspired and getting juiced up at a T. Harv Ecker event. And since then, <laughs> July has done some amazing things in real estate. So when we first met, I believe July, you had your first little fourplex on the go. And then since then, you grew your portfolio to well over 700 units across British Columbia and Ontario. You're an author. You're very, very well known in the real estate investing training space. So it's my pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> so July, according to you, how many profit centers are there in a real estate deal. And I think you wrote a book about, oh, look at that. There you we guys, go. If you're listening to this, July is holding up a good looking book called The Seven Profit Centers in Real Estate. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, you're going to be seeing that right there. Yes. So seven profit centers, July. Before we jump into what are the different profit centers, let's just talk a little bit about why after years of looking around, because I know from your, your story that when you're first getting interested in becoming financially independent, financially free, you looked at a lot of different options. Why did you pick, why did you end up picking real estate? Well, you know, there are many, several different money mountains and we chose real estate, my husband and I, because it is accessible to everybody. There are no restrictions. You don't have to have a special degree. You can be an immigrant and not understand English. It's just real estate is available to everyone, young and old. Well, well people might be saying, well, it's easy for you to say July at a portfolio of 700 doors. Of course, you could buy everything, That's everything and anything that you wanted to. <laughs> so, so for people that don't know, how, where were you at when you first started investing in real estate? So I was broke. I was divorced. I was in an emotional shambles. I had to move back home to live with my parents in their basement suite. And so I, my life fell apart. And so I'm going, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? The first half of my life just didn't pan out. Mm -hmm. And so went to some courses, the T. Harv Ecker Peak Potentials courses were amazing transformational events, got to reset my, my financial thermostat. And from there, it's like just putting into practice little things. And that's why having a, a coach and Andrew Barbara Starkey, who was T. Harv Ecker's personal coach, is my coach. And he's been coaching me since 2002. You know, we just celebrated like 20 years together. That's amazing. Amazing. And so I just do the little things every single day. And so little things incrementally add up. And so I didn't think I was going to be a millionaire in a year and a half. I totally didn't think I would have a $124 million portfolio 17 years later. That's just outrageous. Like who makes those kinds of predictions? You, you don't. And so totally far exceeded any of my expectations. But you definitely did not start with a silver spoon in your mouth. No. That's nope. <laughs> You started from behind and you quickly Zero. accelerated. So, all right, beautiful. So let's talk about 
the seven profit centers in a real estate deal. Don't quiz me on them. I, I quite often go over this, but I don't know if I'm going to have them off the top of my head. But what is the first one that you like to explain to people in which out of the seven, I know they're all important, but which one would you consider to be the one we should be focusing on first? Well, they are all in order of importance. Okay. And so equity day one, equity day one. Equity so, day one. So you might've heard of that as instant equity as well, yes. or, or getting a bit of a deal on the property. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, so what does that mean to you? I see so many people getting into a deal and they're already 10 years behind the eight ball and they don't even know it going because in. Because they overpay for the property? They overpaid. Oh. And so how do you calculate this? Well, when you're looking at the cash flow of an investment deal, the net cash flow, not the gross, the net, after all your expenses, that's how much you have to multiply for 10 years. Now imagine paying that 10-year amount upfront, overpaying the deal. And so then people wonder why they're always behind and they're negative because they overpaid. And so do that one calculation to find out, is this a good deal or not? Some people get emotionally entangled, mm. you know, with the investor candy, I call it. They're looking at all the wrong things. You have to look at the numbers. They're brutal. And if it doesn't work, you have to have the discipline to walk away. And if you can't walk away on your own, you surround yourself with a team who can walk away. They'll drag you away. That's right. <laughs> drag you kicking and screaming away from the deal. It's okay, so, so let's, let's back out if you don't mind, July, because at the stage you're at right now, you're looking at quite large properties. But back in the day when you first got started, I believe it was a fourplex up in Fort St. John. So it was a, it was a kind of a smaller deal. And a lot of people that are listening to this or watching this might be kind of at that stage themselves. So let's say we're looking at a fourplex or a sixplex or something like that. What would, what could that look like as far as trying to create this, this equity up front? So you look at value add. You're always looking for underperforming assets up to some mm -hmm. degree. Perhaps there's vacancies in the building, which means that, you know, when you're buying a uh, real estate, it's not the assessed value or appraised value. It's always a net operating income. How much? It's a business. Mm. So a real estate is only worth however much rent is coming in. Mm. So that's why you never want to sell a building with any vacancies in it because it's worth less. But when you have actual rent rolls projecting the income, actually showing the income, it's worth more. And that's the goal of every landlord to have as full a, a building as possible before you put it for sale, which is why I'm looking for buildings before anyone lists them. Ah, yeah. <laughs> they, they, can't, they can't fudge things as easy. So if I'm understanding correctly, and please correct me if I'm wrong, July, when you're talking about upfront equity, or I'm sorry, what, what was the actual term used for equity the Equity day one. The day, equity day, day one. Buy, there's equity in the property. So it's not necessarily getting getting the property for less than asking price or less than appraised value. Not necessarily, it's just yeah. making sure that you're not overpaying for the darn thing. Yes. It's based on the actual numbers day one. Is, there are. Understand yeah. Okay, yes. very good. That's, that's part of the equation, yes. Okay, very good. So trying to create that, that equity day one, what would be the second profit center that's second most important to you? Leverage. Leverage. Okay, leverage. That's that's, that's a wonderful it. world. What does that mean to July? <laughs> it means buying more with less money. Mm. Let's face it. 
I have st stocks and they take 100% of my cash. They won't let me leverage it. I can't borrow money. Well, you can kind of, but really who goes to a bank to borrow 80% and you put 20% down, you'll give me all these stocks, a million dollars in stocks, but you can do it every single day in real estate. All right. So it's using the banks. It's leveraging the bank's money. They're going to finance the property for you. They're going to give you a mortgage. You're going to be able to get into that million dollar property for 20 or 25% down and the bank puts up the rest. Is, is that what I'm understanding? That's correct. Just imagine you're putting, let's say 25% down mm -hmm. to buy an asset, but your return is based on the 100% value of the building. So your money is already increasing its leverage four times. Yeah, that's that's huge. And so many people don't quite understand that. That is that it's is one of the biggest benefits of, of real yes. estate that I It's overlooked. People yeah. just don't understand the leverage portion. All right, very good. So we got equity day one. We've got leverage. What comes next? Cash flow. Yes, cash, cash flow, flow is king, but it's number three. <laughs> Why is it number three for you? Because we hear so many of the gurus say cash flow, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Why is it number three on your list of priorities? Because everything cash flows, Dave, either positively or negatively. <laughs> okay, cash is going in or cash is going out. It's moving. So yeah. that's what they don't clarify. It's flowing, but is it flowing into my pocket or is it flowing out of my pocket? Mm. You've got to understand. And so I've looked at so many deals, not just for myself, but for other people that I've mentored. And they come to, come to me with the deal going, oh, July, this deal cash flows. And they're so excited until we start to go through all the expenses that they've missed in their- Bummer. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert is instead of the $2,000 a month positive cash flow, it ends up being, you know, they're, they're coming out $500 per month out of their pocket to, to float this thing. Yeah. And there's just so many things a realtor, sorry, this is not nothing against realtors. I know that you're in your business to sell, buy and sell property, but your business is not about giving investment advice. And so I just tell people, be very careful where you get the advice from, because yes, the realtor really wanted to sell this building and only mentioned one profit center, the rent. That's mm. it. Yeah. Big difference between gross and net. That's for sure. Yes. So, okay. So cash flow. what's, when you're looking at a deal or when you're helping somebody look at a smaller deal, again, we're looking four, six, eight unit type properties. What's kind of your rule of thumb when it comes to cash flow, positive cash flow? Well, we used to look for, you know, eight to 10%, but you can't find that anymore. That was way back Very 20 years ago. Yeah. And even then now trying to find a seven cap building is really, really challenging unless you go into the Maritimes. And so if you're looking into a lower mainland situation, you know, British Columbia and Alberta, well, if you can find anything from 4 to 5% return on your money, that's pretty good. But remember, that's only one profit center. Yeah, you're, you're talking about cash on cash return there, right? Basically. That's right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. So cash flow. So that's the third one. What's number four? Wow. That's another fantastic idea. Hold on to that thought for a sec. We'll be right back. Now, are you a real estate investor who's run out of cash or credit to grow your portfolio? Are you looking to grow your portfolio using other people's money and raising capital? Well, I want to show you how to raise six figures or more in six weeks or less at my upcoming Investor Attraction Workshop. You can get your ticket and find out all about it at InvestorAttractionWorkshop.com. We're going to spend a full day taking a deep dive into this roadmap that I've used to raise millions for my deals 
and have helped other people just like you cumulatively raise hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars for their deals as well. So again, you can check that out at investorattractionworkshop.com. And as a loyal listener to the podcast, you'll get 50% off your ticket when you use the discount code podcast. That's right. Discount code podcast at investorattractionworkshop.com. See you at the next workshop. Principal pay down. Everybody forgets this. Your tenants are paying your mortgage down. There's like your, your net worth is growing every single month because your liability is being reduced and your, your equity portion is increasing. Now get this. When you look at your amortization schedule and you divide that into your the money that you invested, most mortgage paydowns are in the 5 to 6% return range. Wow. I've never actually crunched that number. That's, that's fascinating. Even, even if you have zero cash flow, you're still getting a return with the principal paydown. So it's like, wow, that was really enlightening when I saw that number going, what? That's more than the cash flow I'm getting from the, from the property. This, the mortgage paydowns more. That is fascinating. So if you combine that, so even if you're getting kind of a mediocre return on your cash flow, if it's three or 4%, but you combine that with the seven or 8% with the mortgage pay down, yep. now you're starting to get close to those double digit returns. Exactly. It's yeah. very exciting. Just those two profit centers alone. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So mortgage pay down, that's beautiful because that is one of those things that's just happening in the background. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to you know, focus on it every time your tenants are paying the rent and you're paying your mortgage. That's just kind of naturally happening. So fantastic. What's the next this, profit? Yeah, go ahead. Day, yeah. I love looking at my annual mortgage statements because that's when I update my net worth statement. Yeah. <laughs> Liability is getting less and my equity is getting more. So it's a really a great boost for your self-esteem when you're seeing your, your net worth increasing every year. Do you mind if I go on a little tangent here with you, July? Because we were we were just having a conversation for a different video, and you're talking about when you first set your goal to become a millionaire. It was a ten year goal, but you made that happen in like eighteen months. So, what did that look like? Obviously, that was buying investment properties, using leverage, using all the different profit centers that we were talking about. But what made the biggest increase in your net worth in that short period of time? Oh, my goodness. I would say networking. Networking. But I mean, out of the out of the profit centers of the real oh. estate that you were actually involved in, what created that? Equity that day one. Equity day one. All right. So it was buying. Buying so rights. Buying rights. So you're buying properties that were underperforming. underperforming. Undervalued. Undervalued. Vacancy. Okay. And then you're you are increasing the value by making them performing. By oh, yes, definitely. And all, all right. of a sudden you take a, a less than great investment, do turnover, renovate. You know, once you renovate, you can charge more rent. And now you have better tenants, a nicer building. And all of a sudden the equity value of that property is increased 20%. Yeah. It's so easy great. with a with very minimal amount of money. You know, you're doing the basics. And fast. And that, yes. that's how you do it so fast. Okay, fascinating. Okay, good. Back on track with the, the profit setters. All right, so we, we talked about mortgage pay down. What's the next one? Tax benefits. Tax benefits. Oh, that's lovely. We're in Canada. We love tax benefits because we pay yes. so many darn taxes. Yes. So what does that mean to you? Well, you know, people don't realize that when you're running a business, you actually get to deduct expenses. There's direct expenses and indirect expenses. And this is something my father did not understand. 
which is why real estate confounded him for most of his life until the last three years of his life when he became a real estate investor. <laughs> I frankly forced him into being an investor against his will. But guess what? He finally got it. And so what this means is he was a brilliant mechanical engineer, just did not understand real estate. Mm -hmm. And so taxes, you know, when you're borrowing money from the bank, all those mortgage payments, the interest portion, there's a principal portion and interest portion. So the principal comes down and the interest portion goes to the bank, but you can deduct that as the cost of doing business. Imagine the interest portion of your mortgage payments is tax deductible. So it's like it reduces your taxable component. And then you can depreciate the building. This is something I highly recommend you talk to your tax accountant with because okay. this is a big conversation. Should I take depreciation or not? Because when the building sells, you have to pay the recapture of the tax back to the tax man. It's like right. an RSP. So it, might be, it might be a temporary benefit. Yeah. So it's like RSPs. You're sheltered for a little while, but you still have to pay it back. So that's why you have to make the, the call. Should I or shouldn't I? And that's a conversation you have with your tax accountant to plan what you're doing with, in the future with your money. I can't give you that advice. Everyone's different. Yeah. So the sure. tax benefits. And so that's why it's great because all of a sudden, if you're borrowing money for the investment off your line of credit, for instance, that line of credit payment, you can deduct it as a cost of doing business. Beautiful. If you don't, if you're not doing cash. And a lot of investors, they, they use leverage. Why not? If you can borrow money from the bank, why not? Why use your cash? Makes a lot of sense. Okay. I'm easily distracted. So I've lost track of which Tax number benefits. we're on. Now we're on the six profit center. Six appreciation. Profit. I'm sorry? Appreciation. So normal market appreciation. Yeah. So, you know, we, as homeowners, you've probably seen this. You probably pay very close attention to this. You're seeing how much or how little the value of your, your home is going up over time. That's what you're talking about here is, is natural market appreciation. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Well, there's natural and forced appreciation. So I'll get to, to, into that in a minute. Mm -hmm. But you know, most people focus on appreciation. Mm -hmm. And this is just investor candy. I don't rely on appreciation to help the portfolio. You, you just can't say, oh, I'm going to buy this and hope it goes up in value. No. So you don't ever want to trust hope to make your building work. So Market value, yes. You make sure you have the, the right location, the timing is right, and you have the ability to at least manage that component. But you can also force appreciation on the building by making improvements, curb appeal, changing the, the tenant demographic profile. All these things can add value to your building through appreciation. And so I don't like people that flip because they're anticipating a guaranteed return in a year. Well, who can, who can guarantee the future? Sometimes it goes the other way and you have to hold something. You know, I did this. I did a flip in South Carolina just before the market crashed in 2008. <laughs> and guess what happened? And people there just before, they were flipping every six months, making a $50,000, $100,000 gain. And so, yay, just get in the bandwagon. Well, I ended up holding onto those properties for 10 years and the market never really returned. Yeah. We broke even because of the seven profit centers. Yeah. Well, there's, and there's, it's not just flipping. I see a lot of pretty much anything that's speculation. That's what they're relying on. So pre-construction condos are a big one. I, I mean, yes. just last year, so many, several acquaintances of mine were, you know, touting how brilliant they were because they're getting 
into pre-construction condos and around the GTA. Well, that's that's great until it ain't great. Yes, anymore. <laughs> that's right. So they're counting on appreciation to bail them out. That's really dangerous. And they're counting on interest rates not increasing, and they're counting on all sorts of things. So yeah, it's. And I, I'm I'm embarrassed to say I've I have been involved in appreciation based type strategies, and they bit me in the butt as well. So yeah, I've I've kind of we all learn, we all do it, we all learn. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so appreciation, and you've combined two appreciations. You've combined kind of natural market appreciation, which tends to happen over time, and you've also talked about forced appreciation, which, if I recall correctly, that was kind of the secret sauce that allowed you to. Yeah create that million dollar net worth in 18 months is buying a underperforming yes. property and forcing up the value by making it perform. So that's, that is huge there. What's the seventh profit center? Last profit center is reinvest your equity. And so most people just take their equity out and maybe buy doodads, you know, buy things. Go on that vacations, travel the world, buy nice. Yeah. That's all great. It's all great, but it's not, it's not adding value to your life. So do that with your cash flow. And so when you get capital gains, God forbid you actually buy things with it. Buy passive income with your equity. That's the highest and best thing you can do with your capital. Capital is scarce. It's rare. It's precious, actually. And so when you have it, you hang on to it by investing it so that it makes more. So be careful spending your money. We spend our cash flow from our investments. We don't spend our equity capital. That's something yes. we learned from P. Harv. Always have your financial freedom account and you're always putting it towards assets that will pay you. Yeah, very, very smart. And yeah, I, I love that. And and it's basically, it's get your, keep your money working for you. Yes, right? That's absolutely. Yeah, yes. Fantastic. Well, July, this is, Absolutely fascinating. Always, always, always love talking with you. If people want to find out more about you and perhaps even get a copy of that good looking book, you want to flash that up on the oh, screen again? Sure thing. Yes. Yeah. So you can call me at 604-830-2438 and uh, go on my website for my that's, book. That's right. So you can also find it at julyono.com. And she'll trade it to you for your name and your email address. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, July. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you on the next episode. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits Podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, then I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book, right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.